Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for July 6th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. So here's your preview for this weekend's UFC action in Las Vegas. Tonight is the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter 27 finale uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, this will air in the U.S. on uh, Fox Sports 1. In Canada, the main card airs on TSN and the prelims air on the Fight Network. Now, uh, on tonight's show, there's two women's fights we're going to talk about here. Uh, the first one is on the main card at Flyweight. It is Roxanne Modafferi versus Barb Honchak. Now, this is a rematch that goes back several years, and um, uh, but the fighters are kind of different than who they were back then. So Roxanne's been around for years. We all know that she trained in Japan for many years. Uh, there was a time when she wouldn't punch anybody. Like, that's just nuts. And it, it really hurt her career. But she moved to Las Vegas. She trains now at Syndicate MMA. Uh, and uh, John Wood has done great things with her. He, she, he's done a fantastic job with her. I don't think she's a title contender, okay? Like, she was in the title match for when they did uh, Tough 26, uh, and she lost to Nico Montano. I just don't think she's a title contender, all right? But I tell you, if she went down to Invicta, she could be champ there, all right? I just don't think she can be UFC champ, all right? But uh, she's improved a lot since John Wood has been training her, and she's just a much better fighter. Uh, I don't think she has enough power to knock anybody out, uh, these days, it's tough to get people in submission, so uh, that was the problem she had when she wouldn't punch anybody because, you know, you have to use your striking to set up your submissions, and she wasn't doing that. But uh, now she's doing that. Uh, I just think it's tough to get submissions on people nowadays, and so I, I expect this fight to go uh, uh, to a, uh, a decision. Uh, Barb Honchak of course, is a former Invicta champ. Now, she beat Roxanne by submission back in 2011, long before either of them, long before there was an Invicta or women in the UFC. So Barb was the flyweight champ at Invicta, and it kind of looked like she had retired. Uh, it was never official or anything, but it took them an awful long time to strip her of the title down in Invicta. They probably should have done it a lot sooner, but she wasn't injured or anything. I think what happened is, uh, you know, family stuff got in the way and they, I guess, had to move and her family and everything. And so she really wasn't involved in um, MMA anymore. And then when the UFC decided to do a flyweight, the ultimate fighter, um, she got to be in that. Now, I wouldn't have put her in that because I really have a problem with fighters, uh, older fighters like Barb, being in the Ultimate Fighter. I think really there should be a cutoff at around 30. And I think, I mean, Roxanne was in it too, and she's like 35 uh, now. And Barb is now 38. But I think uh, uh, more so than the age, I had a feeling that the three-year layoff was going to be a huge problem for Barb. And, I mean, she was the favorite to win the whole Ultimate Fighter and then win the championship going into it. But she didn't. She lost to uh, Nico Montano in the, um, in, the, uh, in the semifinal. And then she lost to Lauren Murphy in her fight on the show. Now, the, the 
fight was changed at the last minute, but the bottom line is there's no way, Jose, that Barb Honshak should lose to someone as crappy as Lauren, Lauren Murphy. Okay, That's the bottom line. So the problem is not so much with Lauren. The problem may be that Barb ain't who she used to be. All right. So, and it's not so much the age, but the three-year layoff. You know, sometimes it can be hard to shake off that rust. So I think tonight we're going to get a little better idea of whether Barb is still any good as a fighter. Because, you know, you would think she would beat Roxanne. I mean, I don't know who the favorite is, but you would think she would. But if she's not who she used to be, maybe not. Okay? The other fight, uh, women's fight, is on the... Um, prelims, which as I said in Canada, they're on the Fight Network, and that is uh, also a flyweight bout. It's Rachel Ostovich versus Montana De La Rosa. Now, like the other two, both of these fighters were in uh, the Ultimate Fighter 26, which was for the flyweights, and they're not, they're not that good, okay? Uh, neither of them. Um, I've talked about this before uh, regarding um, uh, uh, female fighters who uh, are physically attractive, or let's call it what they are, hot. And Rachel Ostovich falls under that category, okay? She's from Hawaii. She's a former Invicta fighter. Uh, when she was an Invicta, you know, obviously she's a very attractive girl, okay? And so she has a big fan following because of that. Not only that, in Invicta, she wore Wonder Woman gear. But the problem is, She's just not that good in the cage. And, I, you know, I, I guess, I don't know how she got into the ultimate fighter, but I guess, you know, it was a very low talent threshold or something. But she, you know, she won her fight at the ultimate fighter uh, finale, and so now she's in the UFC. And the fighter that she beat was just awful. But I just don't think she's any good. And again, you have a problem, and the perfect example of that is, is Paige Van Zandt, who clearly is more celebrity than fighter, but, you know, because she's hot, you know, they're not going to release her. You know, it's the same thing with somebody like Rachel. Rachel, you know, is, is hot, and so she's going to have fans who like her because she's hot. But I don't see how she's much as a fighter. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Okay, um, of hers. So, you know, I, I don't think her opponent is that good either, Montana De La Rosa. The unique thing about Montana is her husband is also a UFC fighter, okay? But um, he, ain't good, he ain't very good either. Now, Montana was also in uh, Tough 26, and uh, I saw her before that. She was at strawweight. She fought, uh, uh, had lo she lost to uh, Cynthia Calvillo and Mackenzie Dern. And, you know, she's a lower mid-card fighter. Again, she's an attractive girl. Believe it or not, that does attract eyeballs. So I, I don't see much of a fight here. I think it'll go to a, a unanimous decision or a split decision or something like that. And uh, I, I just, I'm not really crazy about either of them. Let's put it that way. Okay, now on Saturday... Uh, we have UFC 226. Now, the only women's fight on this show is on the Fight Pass prelims, which uh, it will lead those off. Uh, I'm not sure what time those are going to be. I guess it depends how the weigh-ins go. 
And this fight will be at strawweight. It will be Emily Whitmire versus Jamie Moyle. Now, I would describe both of these women as low-level fighters who probably shouldn't be in the UFC. Uh, Emily was in Tough 26, which was actually for flyweights. And, but prior to Tough 26, she fought mostly at strawweight. Okay? Um, so, obviously, she's moving back to strawweight. I mean, she might be better at strawweight. I don't know. She wasn't very good at flyweight, but anything's possible in this world. She's two and two. Um, so, I, I mean, I just don't think she's very good. All right, because uh, maybe she can do better at strawweight. I don't know. Now, Jamie Moyle is another one of these fighters who has a big following on the internet because of her social media presence. And she's another former Invicta fighter. Uh, the problem with her, she ain't very good. Okay, her record is four and two, and she hasn't really uh, done that well in the UFC. Um, She's recently uh, moved out to uh, Sacramento to train at, train at Team Alpha Male. So maybe that will help her. I don't know. Uh, but I haven't seen what I, I haven't liked what I've seen from her. And, and so I don't really like either fighter. <laughs> okay. And uh, I guess the only question in my mind is, is Emily going to be more suitable as a strawweight as opposed to a flyweight. But uh, that remains to be seen. I don't think she's very good at, at flyweight. I don't know about strawweight. I haven't seen her fight at strawweight yet, so I really don't have a comment on that. So that's your preview for the UFC shows on the weekend. Uh, um, uh, on the weekend. Now, I got a, a, a uh, podcast exclusive for you. I'm not going to write about this. So as you know, last night... Uh, Ronda Rousey was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, in my opinion, mostly because without Ronda, there ain't no women in the UFC, right? She's the one who's responsible for getting women into the UFC. And, of course, she had a good run, and it ended, as all good runs do. And, of course, she also uh, won a silver medal in the Olympics. And now she's in the WWE, and she's doing pretty good there, too. So, congratulations to Ronda for getting into the UFC Hall of Fame. So that brings up the question, is what other women should be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame? And that's what I'm going to talk about right now. Okay? I'm going to tell you three women that should be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. And the one thing they all have in common is none of them fought in the UFC. Now, there is one that you might think belongs in, in there, but I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so fighter number one, and these are in no particular order, okay, but possibly they're in the order of likelihood of getting in. So the number one fighter that I think belongs in the UFC Hall of Fame and the most likely to get in is Gina Carano. And that's not because Gina Carano was a great fighter, because she wasn't, okay? She was mainly a, a, a one-dimensional fighter, a kickboxer. But uh, the thing that, that was most important about Gina Carano is she brought women fighters to television. She got them on Showtime, and she got them on CBS. Now, the guy really responsible for that was Elite XC's Gary Shaw. Okay? He wasn't looking for just a fighter. He was looking for a fighter who had looks and charisma. And 
And Gina, for all her bashfulness that she seemed to show in interviews and that sort of thing, she had natural charisma, and of course she had looks. Was she a great fighter? Eh, not particularly. And there was also the fudging around with, you know, weight class and that sort of thing. And she seemed to have trouble cutting, cutting to a proper weight and all that sort of thing. Like, she, she had a lot of trouble cutting to any weight, never mind 135. But the bottom line is that Gina won her fights when she was in Elite XC, and then when Elite XC went out of business and Strikeforce took over, of course, they had the big fight with Chris Cyborg, which was a huge draw. And, and uh, you know, it, it just was a huge draw at the time. Okay, that, of course, was her last fight, and Gina is now an actress. There have been a couple of attempts to try and bring her back to MMA. Uh, the UFC even tried to do it a few years ago. But at this point, she's retired, and she's acting. She's doing movies. So, but there's no question that as a pioneer and as the one who got women's MMA on TV, she belongs in the UFC Hall of Fame. Okay, second fighter is, of course, Marlouz Kunin. And she's never fought for the UFC either. So Marlouz Kunin, of course, as we all know, is from the Netherlands. And she's primarily a welterweight, but um, she also fought at... Um, bantamweight as well. So at 19 years old, Marlus Kunin won the uh, World Remix Tournament that was held in Tokyo, Japan. And that was the very first tournament for women's MMA that was held. There was, there was nothing like that before that. And uh, she fought, it was, it was an open weight title, so Marlus fought all kinds of fighters in that, on that uh, tournament. And of course, she won the tournament, and then she then it made her famous in Japan, really. And eventually, she um, uh, made her way. You know, she uh, can, she never was a full time fighter. She always uh, had a, a job that she had in uh, Amsterdam, and um, and uh, eventually she made her way to Strikeforce. And uh, Scott Coker asked her to fight at bantamweight. She didn't really want to. But he did it because she did it because he asked her to, and then she became the UFC bantamweight champion. Now she lost that title to Misha Tate, and uh, then uh, she did not go to the UFC uh, when uh, Strikeforce uh, closed, and she didn't want to fight at bantamweight anymore. She went back to strawweight, and she went to Invicta. Uh, her Invicta run uh, wasn't that great, and of course that's when she lost to. Uh, a couple of times to Chris Cyborg, and uh, then she went to Bellator, and eventually she retired. She didn't have a great run in Bellator either, but she was at a stage where she was going to retire anyway. And so, uh, you know, as a pioneer of women's MMA and winning that big tournament at the age of 19, Marlouz Kunin certainly deserves to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. And the third fighter, and the one who I think is the most deserving and my favorite fighter of all time is, of course, Megumi Fuji. The probably the greatest female fighter of all time, but she never fought in the UFC. Okay, if she'd have had that opportunity, she'd have been champ. There's no question about that. So uh, the thing about Megumi Fuji is that's important. She had a great record, uh, and the thing that's notable about Megumi was her her. Uh, ground skills and also her quickness. She was just quicker than everybody else. Okay, and um, you know, she, she you know the, the the she never really won a championship because you know uh, fighters would duck her in Japan. You know, 
And, and um, you know, the thing was is she didn't start a pro MMA career until she was in her late 20s. If she had started earlier, that would have been a different story. But you have to understand, she had a long amateur career. She also could have done pro wrestling because, to be honest with you, she's pretty good at it. But she eventually got talked into turning pro in 2004. And so she uh, won something like 20 fights in a row or whatever the heck it was. Uh, when she finally lost, it was mostly because of inept judges who obviously didn't know what they were looking at. And uh, she never should have lost a fight because the fights that she lost were robberies, okay? And, but the most important thing, now Megumi Fuji not only belongs in the UFC Hall of Fame for what she has done as a pro fighter, but she belongs in the Martial Arts Hall of Fame for what she has done outside of pro fighting. Uh, basically, her belief is that you got to train children in martial arts and teach them the lifestyle of martial arts. Now, the reason she thinks like that is because she started train her dad started training her when she was five years old. And so she then uh, grew up. She became a, an amateur champion in, uh, in judo and sambo and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's when she turned pro was all, after all that stuff. And for, for years, of course, she uh, trained at AACC and was the top trainer there. Well, you know what? She's still doing that after retirement, okay? She, uh, she regularly trains really young children in martial arts just to teach them the lifestyle. And some of them go on to be pro fighters. I mean, she uh, currently owns the Burst Dojo with her husband, Shinji Sasaki. And, uh, of course, they have a daughter, Sakuya. She's just turned two last month. So... I don't know, uh, Megumi Fuji is somebody who I think if she wanted to, she could come out of retirement and probably still be a credible fighter. But a lot of times, people ask me about this, like why doesn't she come back? Usually Japanese fighters, or, and you can include pro wrestlers in that too, usually Japanese fighters, when they retire, they stay retired. And so she's not coming back uh, People were surprised when she didn't come back when the UFC brought straw weights in, but she, she doesn't need that, okay? She has a family now, and she wants to concentrate on uh, running her business with her husband and also their family, and uh, I understand they do a great job there, and they do have pro fighters that they train as well, and uh, they're going to continue to have that. I'm sure we may see a champion come out of that, out of that dojo. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. So that's my uh, number one choice to be in the UFC Hall of Fame is Megumi Fuji. I don't know if she'll ever get in because, of course, you know, she wasn't at the UFC or anything like that. Now, the one fighter who you might think would be on my list of three to get into the UFC Hall of Fame would be Misha Tate. You know, Misha Tate is kind of in the same category as somebody like Gina Carano to a great extent. And, of course, she's a former UFC bantamweight champion as well and a strike force champion, okay? I think she'll get in probably before those three, but I also think she should go in after those three, all right? So I would, so I don't have a problem with Misha Tate getting into the UFC. What I would have a problem with is only, I think those three should get in before her. So she's kind of my fourth choice, you might say. But I actually think she'll go in before that because she still works with the UFC and that sort of thing. And as, as you may have heard, she recently uh, had, a had a child. So uh, 
Uh, you know, she's gotten into the uh, domestic life, I guess. And she's gone into fighter management as well. She's managing several fighters uh, out of her home base over there in Vegas at uh, Extreme Couture. So that's my uh, uh, podcast exclusive of who I th- what women I think should get into the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, that's it for today. I'll be back tomorrow with the uh, fight videos uh, from tonight's show and also on Sunday with the uh, fight video from uh, UFC 226. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. If you have any comments that you want to leave a voice message for, uh, I'll be happy to respond to anything that you might want to say. And don't forget you can subscribe to my podcast at uh, 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 iTunes, Google Play Music, and uh, Google Podcasts and other services. So we'll see you tomorrow, and have a good weekend.